I wonder if you realize what a fantastic thing it is to have a relationship with a faith that has a series of holy books that tell you the story of how God came back to love mankind. Is that what you think it is? Or do you think there are a group of stuffy volumes put up on a shelf dead? What's your view of the scripture of God? These two stories in Matthew's gospel clearly are accounts of the reality of Jesus Christ, of how he impacted on people's lives, how he changed the way they thought, and most of all, how his compassion changed people physically and mentally. Matthew's gospel, of course, the most Jewish gospel of them all, concerned with Messiah, the anointed one, how Jesus fitted into the Jewish scene, how the Jews would receive Jesus. Therefore, these two stories of healing are particularly significant. The first one, healing a man with leprosy in Matthew's gospel, and the second one, the faith of the centurion. Why are they significant? In the first one, leprosy is a forbidden experience for Jews. In fact, in the book of Leviticus, chapter five, verse three, a Jew is forbidden to go anywhere near a leper because of the views that were held about lepers, which we know not to be true now. But at one time, it was thought that leprosy could be transferred, that it was the result of the sin of ancestors, that you couldn't escape from it. In fact, all suffering had something to do with the way people behaved in previous lives and you yourself. That may be true of mental illness sometimes, but certainly not necessarily of physical illness. And it reminds us, doesn't it, of those fundamentalists in all faiths who take the view that God visits people to give them AIDS. What a load of absolute rubbish. But it suits those whose views would like to condemn somebody for something they don't understand and touches them and upsets them. The Christian faith is about the reverse. And in the epistle today, you heard how important it is that the attitude of Christian people enables people to fire way back into society, whatever their situation and whoever they are, which means there's a chance for each one of us, isn't there, as well. Look in the cupboard, you'll find a few skeletons. In our case, we're reminded that Jesus went beyond what was required of him and he touched the leper, which would make him immediately unclean to the Jews. He didn't care. What did he care about? He cared about the leper and the outcast and the view of the outcast. And by touching the man, he gave him new hope, a real sense in which somebody cared about him enough for the human love of touch. That was the healing power that changed that man. And secondly, the centurion. There are only two accounts in Matthew of the healing of Gentiles by Jesus. All of the rest is within the Jewish community. But this centurion was remarkable. And we've got quite a full story here about the centurion. 
Let me remind you that a centurion had great responsibility in a Roman army, especially posted abroad. He served for 20 years, 20 years with no option. He often and most frequently didn't have his family with him. He lived in isolation and probably his servant was his closest member of a family when he lived in that isolation. He was part of the Roman system, bound to honor the divinity of the emperor, and above all, he was hated by the Jews as the oppressed power. So in other words, he didn't stand much luck with the Jewish community. And yet, this centurion, an upright and loyal man, comes to Jesus at Capernaum by the Sea of Galilee, this wonderful place where not only did Peter live with his mother and the disciples gathered to go fishing, it's still there and the sea still laps so further away from the shore than it did. Capernaum, the kind of powerhouse of where Jesus did his work and gathered people for his mission, where he chose his disciples. Jesus goes back into the city, we're told, and somebody posted to look after the city, a Roman centurion comes to seek Jesus out. What does he do? Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed. Now, just remember that if you had a servant as a centurion who was paralyzed, there was nobody to help you. So he had real problems. It wasn't just a servant, it was a companion who did everything for him, cooked his meals, looked after him when he was ill, and he was really concerned. Come and help, Lord, he says. Jesus says to the centurion, the Gentile, in front of the Jews, shall I come and heal him? He shows his willingness. He wants to be of some use. The centurion says, Lord, I don't deserve you to come under my roof. What does that mean? That means he respects this rabbi. He pays him, he pays him respect. That would be astounding for those standing around. We take this for granted. Delve below the words of scripture and find out what it's really about. What it's really about is this surprise that this centurion should cheat Jesus as somebody who we could respect. And then he goes on to say, when I command somebody to do something, they do it. You know me, Lord. I'm a Roman soldier. You know what goes on with us. Come and come, do as I say. But the implication for Jesus is that the centurion believes that if Jesus says, your servant is healed, he'll be healed. Something will happen. He expects something of Jesus. And what does Jesus say of the centurion in front of everybody? All the gathered Jews waiting to have a good look at him. I was amazed, amazed. And I said to them, truly I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Wow. Could you imagine that would, what that would do to the community? When Jesus said, this centurion, this centurion 
has got a faith, a faith. Well, Lord, we follow the commandments. We do, we go to temple and synagogue. He said, I'm not interested in that. He's got something called belief, which makes him tick. It works. And he then goes on to say something which is really astounding. I tell you that many will come from the east and the west, take their places with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, your ancestors, in the kingdom of heaven. But those subjects will be thrown outside because they don't believe in their God. This centurion does. Well, that was enough for them in Capernaum. They had to go fishing again to get over it. Jesus said to the centurion, go, following exactly what he said, when I say go, something happens, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. It's the most wonderful story. And why is it wonderful? Because it reminds us that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, things will change. And it says to us, if you open your hearts and minds to your God and you listen, something will happen. You may learn something new. You may learn something about yourself and other people. Above all, when you bring somebody in your heart and your mind who needs help, to your God, your God will respond. Don't tell him what to do, just simply bring the person with you before your God. That will enable the whole process of healing to happen. It begins first with you, then with the other person, and enables you to see how you can be of your some use to them. And it all comes from sitting, listening, and believing that Christ can make a difference. So be as amazed as the Jews that this Roman policeman who seemed to bully people around and take taxes from them had a faith stronger than those who said they believed in a Jewish God. There's hope for each one of us yet, if you will try only. And see the words of Jesus in their context and then make them work for you. It's a wonderful gospel. But you have to read it and believe it. Then something can happen. Amen.